Hello, Hello. Ernest and David. Hello, Ernest. I think David hasn't joined us yet. We can give him a few seconds. Uh, but uh, congratulations on catching up on your voice memos. Mm -hmm. Now I'll you this one. <laughs> yeah. Let's give it uh, one minute to see if David can join us. It was fun having him along last week. How's your mm -hmm. week been going? Uh, really good. Yeah, very good. Very yeah. satisfying. Very, yeah. Yeah, I had a really interesting uh, week because uh, there is a startup that I worked for briefly five years ago, almost uh, mm -hmm. five and a half years ago, and um, I ended up kind of we have had like a lot of grief because uh, they didn't know what they were doing and they weren't ready to be told they didn't know what they were doing, so mm -hmm. they ended up firing me and then hiring me back as an advisor. So I'm actually oh, okay. like a formal advisor to the company and I have stock in them and, and all that. Uh, but I've been just sort of like consulting with them, you know, from time to time, just giving them the general advice. But then um, bizarrely, we started a, or um, we or I started a data integration project. Not sure why exactly. Um, and then suddenly I discovered that the problem I have is exactly the problem that they're supposed to be solving. And so hmm. it's been a crazy couple of weeks where it's like I went from being sort of this dispassionate outside advisor to being their customer zero. Uh, and oh, wow. the challenge has really been about trying to uh, articulate my pain in a way that maps onto their problem. And what's really fascinating is just yesterday we had this big meeting where I just, uh, Mati, um, I said, look, I, because I'm not your target customer, my job now is just to complain about everything that's wrong in my professional life and expect you to fix it. And it, it was, it, it, and it was really quite uh, extraordinary. And what's interesting about the uh, relating to your project is one of the things we've been talking about uh, is kind of the need to be humane, is that mm. we have all these, um, we, I call them zombie mandates, or like somebody somewhere said, oh, you need to do this, and people run around in this infectious way saying, well, because I have this inhumane demand upon me, I must make inhumane depends, demands upon you. And so it creates this cascading chain of, of inhumanity, if you will, uh, what we call uh, you know, infectious zombie apocalypse. And the solution, oddly enough, and I don't know how general this is, but it feels very profound, is um, finding a way to encapsulate uh, the human aspects, the code aspects, and the numbers in a... Uh, single package, which allows them to, because what happens at, at, in my job, and I think a lot of people's jobs, people say, well, here's this report, um, the numbers are wrong, which means you're doing something wrong. And so it becomes this series of sort of blame games uh, that just gets repeated every quarter when people are trying to reconcile their numbers. And the reason is, is because these are the only artifacts we have to argue over. Oh, and so 
what they're doing is trying to create this package which encapsulates uh, the business processes, the business logic, and the business data in this sort of live object rather than this dead zombie. And what's interesting is that you know it gives us a concrete thing to argue about rather than just pointing fingers and blaming. Um, it, it sort of moves the, the human conversation up a level. And it just struck me as that the thing that you are trying to do is hard because people are stuck in these zombie mandates, right? Mm. Is that these large organizations uh, sort of have a inhumane, um, they're not individually inhumane, but the collective systems are driven by these inhumane zombie mandates, uh, whether you want to call it financial capitalism or whatever else. And the idea of giving people autonomy, uh, in order to give people autonomy, you have to make sure that everyone understands the larger purpose. Mm -hmm. And this, um, this idea of encapsulating uh, the human, uh, the code, and the numbers together feels like a uh, a chink in the armor, if you will, of the massive machinery that is financial capitalism. So anyway, um, I'm not sure how it's all going to shake out, and you know the implications are you know, impossible to predict. But um, it's just, it's been one of those weeks for me where like all these different random strands of things I've just been doing kind of just to hang out with people and have fun, seem to be weaving together into some sort of coherent narrative. So it's exciting. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't sounds... look like uh, David's joining us. So this is a good point for okay. you to segue into your week's assignment from ZigZag. Yeah, the, the match, step four. Um, the exercise is to list five of my four values or tenets and then uh match them with the um weird ideas that i step three let's see which one uh, which of those ideas match uh, these values and then uh go back to the ideal future in five years and pick up which weird idea would take me closer to that. So the ideas that have two circles are the ones that uh, I should focus on or keep working on or uh, right now you should just identify. So uh, well my five minutes are um, must help individuals build real power over their data, um, help everybody be fair with each other, must place human benefit first, uh, reach, and reach other planets and stars humanely. The last one is use money and people power to help humanity. Sorry, what was that last use one? Money. Use money and what? Use money and people power to help ah. humanity. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, those are a good set of values. I'm trying to think if there's anything else we've discussed that um, doesn't come into that. Um, and I can't think of anything offhand. I think that's a really good list. Now, uh, we're ready, yes. So, um, ultra smart and, <coughs> and powerful general agent that got one servo. Um, an agent that can represent two or more people also got one servo. I just I guess identify the ones that got two circles. Uh instead of competing for customers, organizations find ways to cooperate in solving a cohort's problems, the most effective and helpful ways. Uh, uh another that two circles is to contact Mackenzie Scott, Belinda Gates, people with money to to donate. This um to help us find ways to make big entities that control our data, that control society, irrelevant. As we have seen, mm. sometimes regulations or even uh, laws are not doing it. It's Facebook just got um, you know reprieve for for their situation. Yeah, so we had to find other ways to make those companies less powerful. Um, another way, another one that got two circles is smart document editor and publishing system that produces deep documents. It helps writers include context and meaning data into documents that is used to keep readers a reading experience tailored to their reading abilities, and that will also help uh, allow them to interrogate documents and get answers from the document itself. So I think this could be a good thing. You know, instead of having to develop websites and you know, databases and things, you can, if we can uh, encompass all those things into one document, deep document, then writers will have more agency over their documents, the information that they want to provide, and readers will have more ways to explore a document. Mm. Uh, right. Uh, another one that got two circles is find funding, plan, and open a vertical farm in Salinas. You know, this, the, the, is that a bowl of the world? Mm -hmm. Is that a vertical uh, farm? Yes, uh, using renewable energy to serve as an example to the world. Uh, develop mm. or use an improved open source software to manage the entire operation and help others open these kind of farms in their communities, yeah, especially mm. communities ravage with uh, drought and, and heat and, and all those things. Mm. Yeah. When you say help, is this about providing jobs or providing food or uh, what is the... No, pro providing assistance, like uh, serve as a consultant, 
so if we are the example, then other people want we want. Hey, I want to do this in uh, my locality. That you know we have this from droughts and lack of water. Well, that, that's our, or heat, right? So well, if you have to build a building that um, has AC and all these climate control and all that, but whose energy is 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 renewable, so you have a space with uh, let's say solar panels and batteries, so that you have uh, uh, renewable energy available 24/7. Then um, you know that would be a good autonomous solution to providing food and in, in an area that is uh, lacks you know has little water like many places in California and mm -hmm. also in areas that have uh, increased heat right so Mm. So it sounds yeah. like this is interesting because I think this probably ties into your space vision too. It's, it, let's call it a, a biodome, right? Where a place that has a surplus of heat and a deficit of water, creating something that could be self-sustaining, um, um, a self-sustaining ecosystem, right? Where it is mm -hmm. uh, able to, um, you know, create comfort and sustenance and ideally surplus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a fascinating vision. Um, and uh, yeah. it's interesting to think about what's the, uh, uh, what is the open source state of the art for building something like that? And what are the key technical and social breakthroughs you would need to get to the point of, uh, or in what context would that something like that be break even? I guess that's mm -hmm. interesting. That's a fascinating uh, direction to explore. Yeah, and what do we mean by break-even? Is it just purely money, or is it uh, helping society? You know, um, like uh, yeah, or or, right, or even also just in terms of like natural resources. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, yeah. what would it take to become you know uh, a closed loop? Right. Yeah, that's interesting too. Because I think that uh, um, is, um, you know, and, that, and that's one of the interesting things. Another theme that keeps coming up, and also something we haven't discussed uh, yet, was this idea of positive sum status games. Mm -hmm. Right. One of the the curses of society is that uh, as you get more powerful the temptation or the norm has been to engage in negative sum status games. And to that, I feel like I do have to give some credit to Warren Buffett and Bill Gates for the giving pledge. So even mm -hmm. though there's lots of yeah, qualms about it, like in principle, it's better for billionaires to spend their money on philanthropy than, uh, you know, uh, ruining people's lives through conspicuous consumption. <laughs> Um, and possibly, arguably, even better for them to do in philanthropy than like funding money into their political schemes of choice. Although people can differ on that. Mm. So anyway, um, you know, there are there have been shifts where people have created new 
status games. Like, uh, how am I supposed to? Oh, okay. Gotcha. All right, we've got a weird traffic situation here. Oh, you're in the road. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and then my road is gone or under construction, so it's become very confusing about which lane I'm supposed to use. Yeah, and then of course my children are disagreeing about which lane, which makes things even more confusing. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, there was a guy who took responsibility and said, you should come here even though it's a red light, and he like removed the cones to make sure we got into the appropriate lane, so. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, and so anyway, those are a good set of values and a good set of visions. Um, and you were going through, you were in the process of going through the circles. Any other circles to talk about, or any others? Is it a no? I discussed the one that got two circles. The one that got one circle, and, you know, mm -hmm. are not are not you know relevant. But okay. I kind of kind of yeah. Go ahead. Uh, you see that? Sorry. Yeah, still there. You said you kind of got. Yeah. Okay. I at first I was putting circles in in most of, in all of them. Mm. You know, I guess a, a lot of them automatically match at least my uh, values. So mm -hmm. yeah, most of them match my values. Actually, all of them match my values. So in the first pass, I gave them. A circle, all of them, which I thought was a problem, but maybe it's, maybe it's, it's a way for kind of like um, what I think are weird ideas match my values. So it's not, I, I maybe I didn't do it, that exercise correctly because uh, I automatically, subconsciously, or whatever, filtered the ideas into something that matches my values. So imagine, you know, when somebody says, think of your ideas, I should try to think really outside, outside of my, even my, my value system. People talk about outside the box, but I should think outside of my value system. But it's something that is hard for me to do, so I guess that's why. But, um, yeah, when I thought about the things that match, uh, oh, that would help me reach my ideal life in uh, five years then add something else to uh, to, to measure like, uh, yeah yeah it's going to produce uh, be helpful not only in, in, in the uh, capacity to make money but to help society and and to not just help myself um, have a, an ideal day but a bunch of people you know if we all those things, maybe a bunch of us can have ideal days in, in five years or, you know, an ideal life in five years. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. And I think that that is, um, you know, I think this process is working really well because it's really pushing you to be precise about what you want, what you need, what will work. And, you know, you do, you're doing a lot of work getting clear on your values, which is why I think that part was easy. Uh, but the yeah. hard part is still figuring out how to align that with a concrete plan. 
And if I remember correctly, the next step is where you actually think about the constraints you have and which mm-hmm. things are hard for you to, or that you have to work around, like being able to eat uh, you know, and other, you know, you have relatively few obligations compared to many people, uh, but you still have mm-hmm. some and you have some things. And then I think in the next phase, you'll work through those trade-offs and see where you find the third circle um, based on those constraints. And, mm. you know, the idea is that hopefully you will have uh, one or two things that um, jump out as, oh, yeah, this is definitely a thing that I can do right now. And now, I, and, and like most plans, the value is not in the result. The primary value is in the process. Now that you have all these thoughts and ways of thinking and these filters, you know, is the idea that, you know, it gives you a foundation to build upon for the next round of uh, thinking through uh, different discrete steps. That was another fascinating thing from my friend that built data that I was talking to is that, see, a lot of people are stuck in these hairball loops where they have all these uh, negative feedback cycles, which results in sort of chaotic uh, action where you never really make forward progress. And what they're trying to do is give people tools for breaking these down into a small set of discrete steps where you can analyze the dependencies and eventually come up with a nice linear flow. And in some sense, that's what you're doing with ZigZag is you're going from like, there's all these ideas you have and you're almost paralyzed by the <clears throat> number of things that you're passionate about. And then by breaking it down, this helps you get into a nice linear flow of something you can actually execute on. Yeah, I see that. Great. So anyway, great work. This is really working out well. Any um, Anything else on this? Second. Is there anything else to cover? Are we done? Any uh-huh. final thoughts? Um, uh, no, I just, yeah, I just did the exercise and uh, I got to see, like, oh, wow, yeah, if we, uh, if we work in, these couple of things, I see potential that both help people and and help me and other people to reach an ideal life in a few years. So, at least from that perspective, it's kind of illuminating and revealing. Uh, I, I liked it. Uh, you know, I'm really happy about this process. Yeah, I think I may record a voice memo to send to our friends at ZigZag, too, because this is just, it's so cool when uh, one of my friends can help another one of my friends, mm-hmm. and uh, where something that has been sort of theoretical becomes practical, and I'm really excited, this, you know, this could be our best season yet, and yeah. uh, what's really interesting is that at the end of this, you know, there'll be some concrete action we need to take that... It's not just like we say, oh, we spent five minutes on a podcast and we decided this is the thing to do. You will spend six weeks really marinating in the why and the how and the why not. And I think that'll give us something that you really feel solid about and you have enough momentum to actually, uh, not just where you can, but you really should follow through. Uh, And, you know, that is... In an ideal world, that's what we always thought education was going to be, right? Is that if you go through this process, you're equipped and you know what you're supposed to do. Uh, that has not necessarily, uh, that is a promise that has not often been fulfilled. But I feel like this is a really robust process for 
people in exactly your situation. And I think it's something that a lot of people will benefit from. So uh, I appreciate your willingness to work through this publicly with me. And I'm really excited to see what mm -hmm. happens next. Yeah, so am I. All right. Have a great week, Ernest. I will talk to you next Friday, God willing. You too, Ernest. See you later. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.